This is a podcast from Rover. The Edge with Sharon and Jaden. We have an inspirational human joining us in the studio right now. He's a pro wakeboarder turned quadriplegic and now an author of his own book, Owning It. Please welcome Brad Smaler. Legend. Thank it's you so a, it much. It still sounds weird, like author. I'm like, never, <laughs> never thought I'd have that title next to my name, but I, you know, updated it on my social media, published author. It's pretty cool. Holy feeling, moly. Yeah. You're not only like, because everyone says writing a book is like one of the hardest things that you can do. Like not only have you written a book, but you, you wrote like half a million words. Yeah, almost around about that. And uh, I think that was just kind of a testament to the fact that I wasn't a writer. I didn't know how to write a book. I just kind of brain dumped my whole story and I think even the way you know being first person present tense it's hard to like summarize things and that mm. it's not like I was there and we did this and had an awesome time it's I am here right in the moment and this is what's going on and wow so it was yeah I think it was just um just that combination of things I just kind of dumped my story and Gave it to the editors and leaned on them to figure out what to <laughs> what to keep in it and what to cut out. I've seen a video as well of you doing some writing on it. And is that how you wrote the whole book with a pen in your mouth and and you know using your your neck to write on a on a pad? Yeah, it was uh, like a um, a stylus. Oh, I right. called a mouth stick that right. I kind of hold on my mouth and type on my phone and use just a word document and tapped away and holy moly! Originally, it was one digit at a time. Um, and then uh, Apple added in the swipe to text, so it actually <laughs> increased my word count quite a lot and um, saved my neck from a lot of the uh, the woodpecker type motion. <laughs> Absolutely, the, the screen. Now, Brad, for people that may not know your story, like what? How would you explain your life story and? Like a sh- I don't know. As quick as I could. As good- yeah, yeah, like I don't know how to say that. Like, how would you just like sum it up for people that are just joining us? Yeah, left school at seventeen, took off to the US, and started taking on a career as a pro wakeboarder, and um, had some struggles along the way, ups and downs, with financial struggles, injuries, all that sort of stuff, and got to twenty fourteen, where yeah, I was trying a, a new trick that no one else in the world could do, and. Um, but no, I was living the life and, you know, out on the lake every day and babes and bikinis and partying and <laughs> all sorts. And um, yeah, it came to that that one trick, trying to re- redo it after I'd landed it once and doing it for a, a wakeboard movie and just pushed it too far and uh, ended up crashing headfirst into a landing ramp because it was like mega ramp wakeboarding. It was big air sort of stuff. Oh. So it was more like your freestyle motocross landing ramp and... Um, you know, so we weren't just crashing into water anymore. And so, yeah, that's kind of how, I guess, the way that I crashed. And um, I was used to crashing into the water and just bailed out the wrong way and um, tumbled head first, shattered my C4 vertebrae and became a quadriplegic instantly. And then, yeah, the last eight years, or I guess it was five years that I detailed in the book, um, following on from the accident of just trying to find my way and figure out life as a quadriplegic and all the mental struggles and you know having an amazing um, teacher and sort of guide to help me through that and yeah I think it's it's, uh, I'm really really happy with where I've come to with it all and you know all the learnings and everything the tools that I've sort of taken on and 
applied to my life now and found my happiness and my peace through that. Because so. yeah, I, I heard you talking about, um, if you're long, that you, you've got a life coach named Susie. Yeah. And Susie said to you at one point that one day you'd be grateful for your accident and you were like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's like such a big thing to wrap your head around. But now do you feel like you're at that point where you are? I don't know if I'd say I'm grateful specifically for the accident itself. But I've found gratitude for sort of what it's brought to my life and through, I guess, through the journey and, and what I'm able to do now with being able to inspire others. And and I think that point where Susie was talking about being grateful was more for the fact that it kind of forced me to face a lot of these learnings and these things that I would have never had to face up to. And a lot of people kind of want to grow in that way in their lives but don't really have to in a way they're not Mm -hmm. forced to because you know you can feel a bit off one day and just go for a run or go to the gym or find things that help you get through it as opposed to me I didn't have any outlet I didn't have any way of ignoring it or pushing it to the side so I really had to really had to face it and sit with it and all these different emotions from feeling like a burden on friends and family to, you know, feeling like I was inadequate and no one would ever love me anymore and kind of mm. learning to to overcome those um, thoughts and emotions and breaking down the beliefs behind them. And, um, yeah, so I kind of detail that through the whole book and um, and I hope people can kind of, yeah, learn all the things I've learned along the journey without having to break their neck to do so. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you might not have gratitude for it just yet, but you, you, you talk about how you've had acceptance. How, how long and, and how did you find that acceptance? So I think acceptance came about three years after the accident. Right. And it was more because I learned uh, what acceptance actually meant. Mm-hmm. My... Uh, resistance and reluctance to kind of accept it was more around my beliefs around what a quadriplegic meant and you know it was more like you know I was I thought I was accepting all the all the things like thinking a quadriplegic just means being miserable not being loved not being able to have fun Mm -hmm. all these things they were my fears around um, my life as a quadriplegic and it's that's acceptance it's not accepting all the fears of the future and the story that you're telling yourself of what your life's going to be because we really don't know what that what that is Mm. so it's more about i'm accepting what is right here in this moment and that's me you know i've had a spinal cord injury i can't move this is my situation and it's about okay this is what it is let's move forward and see what i can do with it Mm. and and i think the title of the book came from me being a little bit reluctant um, to accept it because it felt submissive a little bit to me. So, you know, owning it is about, you know, taking it that step further. Okay, well, rather than accepting being the guy in the wheelchair, I'm gonna own it and I'm gonna, you know, almost move forward with that as as an identity that I'm gonna be proud of. And, you know, and, and it's not so much proud of the fact that I'm a quadriplegic, it's the fact that I've, gone through everything I've been through I'm still here you know I'm out doing public speaking and inspiring others and it's something to be proud of so um, 
Yeah. I didn't realize until today, actually, because I do uh, quite a bit of stuff with Star Jam. I don't know if you've heard of Star Jam before, but it's a um, it's a charity where they do workshops for kids living with um, disabilities and stuff, and they teach them like music, it's like music and dance and things like that. And um, I remember the first time I met them. I think I don't think he goes anymore, but there was this little boy, and I was like, "Who's your favorite superhero?" And he was like, "Brad," and then like burned Whoa. off in his wheelchair, and that the time I was like okay <laughs> I was like that was straight and then I was when I was like reading about you today I was like I thought about that moment and I was like he must have been talking about you That's because awesome. you <laughs> would be like this amazing inspirational person to to kids like that because it's not something that they would have seen you know growing up yeah and it's funny because you, you don't even realize things like that you're like I'm just kind of living my life and I don't you don't realize the impact that you can have on other people yeah. just through the life that you're living. And, you know, and even yourselves and, and anyone, the, you know, just by, you know, by living it, putting ourselves out there. And, um, yeah, we never know who we're inspiring. And so it's cool. I've come across some, you know, some people that have reached out and um, who are going through similar injuries. And, and I enjoy mentoring however I can. But. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. It's cool to yeah. know that I'm someone's superhero. Yeah, like, so rad. cute. Oh my gosh, sick. those kids are the best. It's like, yeah, you'll forever change if you spend one like hour with them. They're so fun. Mm. But like when you, one thing like, I hope this isn't a rude question to ask, but you know, obviously you had your accident and um, I was listening to you on a podcast saying how you woke up and at first you thought that you had must have had a massive bender and you'd woken up and gone home with someone <laughs> <laughs> and there was you saw a bunch of nurses and you're like wow must have gone home with some yeah, nurses yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um have you ever actually watched your accident back yeah so we've got you know, like as i said i was filming for this wakeboard film so we have it in like super high definition extra oh, slow-mo like God. it's it's full on. It was hard to watch at first. I've watched it hundreds of times, if not thousands now. It's Yeah. So it doesn't really affect me anymore um, in that way. But it, initially it was, I'd watch it over and over and, oh, why didn't you do this? Why'd you do that? Like, yeah. kind of just all these regrets. And um, But no, so that time in the hospital, that was after, you know, after the injury and I'd gone through the surgery. I had like five or six days of just a blank that I don't remember, which apparently I was conscious for. Oh but for whatever Jeez. reason, I just don't remember them. Um, and that morning was after a, a really heavy hallucination that I had that night before um, due to really high temperature. I had a fever of 104 degrees Fahrenheit, like 40, 42 degrees, I think it was. So wow. it's sheesh. verging on brain damage material. And um, and so, yeah, it was waking up that morning after that, and I just didn't know where I was, didn't know what had happened. And I was just like, hmm. She's cute. I must have gone home with her or something and <laughs> kind of pieced it together pretty quickly yeah. um, when I realized I couldn't move, couldn't speak. Oh, you know, man. It was really heavy, but um, no, it, it's kind of comical to be able to like remember that time and sure. the way I felt and kind of my immediate reaction. Like, <laughs> like that confident in yourself? Just like, yeah, must have. Look at me. <laughs> what Go I, Brad. <laughs> what I really love, Brad, is in your Insta on your Instagram, I've followed you for a while, is that sometimes you know, you'll, you'll post and you'll say, oh, today was a bad day. And, um, and I think that's really, really important to show that there are bad days for you. How important is that to you? I mean, I've really found the power there is in vulnerability, and it's yeah. through uh, watching like TED talks from the likes of Brene Brown and um, people like that who just kind of, um, 
yeah, really speak openly about vulnerability. And it's funny because I think one of the most liked posts or the most engaged posts that I've put out there was when I talk about a day where I shit myself. <laughs> and like, I was so surprised yeah. that that was the one that got the most engagement. Um, wow. And it was all positive yeah. stuff coming back my way. And it's just... You know, you don't really realize that by sharing the rough stuff, the bad days, um, mm. that you're kind of you're you're letting other people realize that you know that's normal. It's normal mm. to have mm. shitty day. not so much to shit yourself. All the time. <laughs> I mean, but that was as a quadriplegic in those early days. That was just part of the journey. Thankfully, yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't happen that much for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been years actually since since I've had a day like that. But um, no, it's just a reality. Like. Mm. We, especially on social media, we tend to glaze over all the crappy stuff and just mm-hmm. go, "Oh, look at how amazing my life is," and it makes other people feel like, "Oh, like I'm, my life isn't that great." Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and you'll have people that are posting like holiday photos while they're back at home or sitting at their desk, and people think they're out there still doing that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I just found like I like to be very authentic with what I post and what I share, and just about that. You know, and even through the book, like all the ups and downs, good and bad, it's just, I mean, <laughs> using the, the title, but it's owning it. you got to mm. own all of that stuff, and I think that's really powerful to do that. Yeah. It's, Amen. You're so right. Like, I, th- I feel like that's something that the world needs more of as well. Like, I, I like even I just think about the landscape of radio over the last, you know, 18 years that I've done it, like, I look at it, it's like we used to spend weeks and weeks doing coming up with these like wacky things that we were going to get remembered for whereas now you can just have a conversation about something real that happened to you and that's going to last longer than the wacky thing that you spent you know forever kind of talking about because people more just want to hear real people in real situations now because there is so much fake shit in the world Mm. so true yeah and it's and that's the thing with you know like the Brene Brown uh TED talk she she talks about like courage, which means, you know, basically means to be seen, um, to allow ourselves to be seen, which is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, like people think of courage as, oh, you've got to be tough and strong and, you know, the hero. And it's like, well, no, like you can you can be the hero and, and kind of be um, strong and courageous by sharing things that aren't uh, necessarily like going, oh, hey, look at me and all the awesome things I'm doing. It's yeah. like. Hey, this is the the real, the reality of of life, and this is what's real. So, um, no, I'm, I try to encourage that in people, and yeah, social media can be an amazing place. It can also be a very toxic place as yeah. well, and it's just good to get a a good sort of handle on that and and understand that it's not reality. It's just what people are sharing, and and it's you know people like you go into someone's house, they hang the best photos on the wall. It's the same thing with social mm-hmm. media. And the more we realize that and, and approach it in that way, the I think the the less affected we're going to be by it um, when it comes to our mental health. Have you ever met Brene Brown? No. I oh, well, if you do, tell her I said she's cool. I love <laughs> Brene Brown so much. I think she's amazing. Yeah. I was like, hang on, you've got to like send her your book or something. Well, she gets a mention on it, so I probably you should. You should. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you absolutely should. Yeah. That would be amazing. Well, speaking of the bad stuff, what has been the hardest part of your journey? Um, I mean, you know, obviously the day-to-day of just, like, learning to approach life without my movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think 
the hardest part, I don't know, it's it's just been kind of, uh, you know, sometimes it's finding purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing and the biggest part of my journey, which I really wrestled with, is self-love. And yeah. it was loving myself regardless of, um, you know, of my injury and the situation I'm in now. Um, cause I, yeah, I was really hard on myself for a lot of it and, you know, very critical and also, you know, felt like I wasn't deserving of love and things like that. And it's, I think the main thing, you know, even through my, my book, I talk about relationships that I screwed up after the accident and, and I think I just wasn't ready. Like I, I didn't love myself and I was trying to find that in other people, um, as opposed to building it up in myself first and then, um, yeah, and then being able to approach a relationship in a way that I am confident and I'm I'm a better person for that that partner. Um, so yeah, I think that was the biggest thing was self love, like really learning to to be easy on myself uh, with the situation I'm going through, and um, yeah, just learn to f- kind of find that gratitude and that yeah. sort of strength within myself what would be the what would be the comical things that you know now you know you're living a bit day to day i was um reading an article about you saying how um when people get brave enough to ask you about like if you can still have sex and like all that sort of stuff yeah. what is it like what are the things now where you're just like all right here we go because i feel like if i was you and i could have feel that someone's gonna ask you that in my mind i'd be like oh yeah i dare you go on yeah. like is it just those things in your life where you're like I can't help but laugh at this situation. I find it funny when you know when people are curious about that, but you can kind of tell they're they're asking questions and they're like they're dancing around, around it, it. like yeah. just come out and ask me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I find that funny. I also find it hilarious when people come up and try to shake my hand. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's more. It's what I find hilarious is the awkwardness. Yeah. yeah. Like when they go, they put their hand out and then they're like, oh, what do I do? And they're like, they'll pat my hand or go, go knuckles or <laughs> oh. something. Um, and I also find it quite funny making jokes that people don't know if they're allowed to laugh at or not. Yes, like, yes. Taking the piss out of myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really enjoy that. I've, I find that really funny. But um, for anyone listening, like if you do see me and want to approach me and say hi, like, you know, Obviously, you know you, sh- you can't shake my hand. I do, <laughs> I do like head bumps, you know, like or you know, obviously yeah, with cool. ladies, you want to k- like kiss on the cheek kind of greeting. But, oh yeah. But like you know, the head bump is kind of the one that me and my friends came up with because we used to like do the old sort of slap pound kind of yeah um, greeting when we'd sort of arrive and when we'd leave, and it's just felt weird when we didn't have that. So yeah, yeah bring on the he- head bumps, especially now that sort of. COVID's on its way out a little more. Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you said that. So my husband Bryce, he does a breakfast show on The Rock and he interviewed you yesterday or the day before. And I said I was interviewing you today and he was like, oh, he's such a great guy, such a great interview. And he was just like, remember, don't, don't go in for the handshake. And it's because Bryce is like, um, (laughs) Bryce is, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Bryce, about 10 years ago, there was um, a kid that had come in or he was like a teenager and he- only had a hand on his shoulder and yeah. Bryce went in for the handshake and he did exactly what you said and he didn't know what to do and then he was like ah and he goes that's the worst like most awkward situation he's ever had yeah. so he was just like don't do that because it's like so awkward and I was like okay Bryce like I did my research I wasn't going to go for a handshake <laughs> well hey at least it's not like my GP who after three years was still trying to shake my hand every time I got there I'm like no! dude you're my doctor you're supposed to be paying attention <laughs> like 
come on. Oh my He's God. not my doctor anymore. But. No. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's like, if, if you're still trying to shake my hand, dude, like, I'm not 100% confident in what you're yeah, telling ability. me to do with I mean, my I, life. <laughs> I know it's force a habit. Like, it's, yeah. you know, got to be easy on people like that. And that's the thing is like, that awkwardness, I think it's just acknowledging it. Like, if, if someone does, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Man, okay, so what do I do here? Yeah. Like, just kind of acknowledging it. And, um, but no, I think, I think that's kind of funny. And I just enjoy the, the comedy and that stuff and um, love it. Yeah. You're owning it, just exactly. like your book. And we, do we have a copy to give away? We do. We actually have two signed copies hey. of Brad's book to give away. So if you want to win one, text Brad to three three four three right now. Um, but before you go, Brad, um, I saw recently that you had an interview with the big dog of broadcasting, Mr. Mike Hosking. Oh gosh. Did you? Did I? I'm pretty sure you did. No, you didn't. Did I not see it? Who were you with at ZB? Jack Tame. Oh my god, I thought Jack Tame was Mike Hosking for a second there. You know, I would, I would enjoy Mike, Mike Hosking. Hosking. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun. Okay, yeah. so you didn't have an interview with Mike Hosking, but um, <laughs> well, this really fucks my bit up. <laughs> Cut. I was I, so sure it was Mike. <laughs> oh, poor Jack's age. Uh, okay, uh, well, you didn't have an interview with Mike Hosking, but do you do you know what he sounds like? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Vaguely. Uh, yeah, vaguely. Oh, God. Have I unearthed some beef with Mike Hosking? Sharon's just making... I don't have beef. He doesn't no, have no. beef, but he... <laughs> I, look, I do an impression of Mike Hosking. <laughs> Sharon has brought this up, and now it's just awkward, because now I have to do this Mike Hosking impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a shit. None of us give a shit. <laughs> just trying to bring him to fun. Stop it, guys. I'm sweating now, and I, you know what I get nervous? I start sweating. So there's a... It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Just own it, Sharon. Just own it. Uh, as we Brad, said, I am real good at this interviewing thing. I'm bright. I'm bright red. I'm sweating, but I'm here. Yeah. Sharon does a great Jack Tame. If that happens. I do a great Jack Tame. Do you want to hear my Jack Tame? Go on then. Oh, fuck. I don't know. We'll put you on the spot now. What does he sound like? Hello, it's me, Jack Tame. There you go. Oh, Nailed that was great. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Oh, Thank you. What a fantastic way to end uh, what has been a truly, truly memorable interview. Can I, can I walk you through my thought process, though? Yeah. So I thought I saw a picture. It must have just been the ZB studio, and I just saw, like, you know, so I thought it was Hosco. So I was like, oh, Sharon, emailed it to myself. I was like, get Dan to do his Hosking impression to Brad. And I really should have... Make sure it was Mike. Mm. Yeah. Hey. Oh, well, up until that point, up until that point, it's been fantastic. Brad Smaler, thank you so much for joining us in the studio. You're so inspirational. Uh, I think our, our listener Fano can take a lot from you. So uh, we appreciate you. And if you want to uh, get a copy of Owning It, text Brad to 3343 right now. Thank you very much, Brad. Hey, appreciate you having Sorry, me. And, and we got, hey, Father's Day this weekend, so not a bad book idea for, uh, oh, for it, presents for Father's Day. A fantastic great idea show. for Father's mm. Day. Do you know what's another great idea? Oh. Dan does this great idea. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> News talk ZB. News talk ZB. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I so thought that that was Hosky. <laughs> <laughs>